0: How about that? All right, God is good. I know, that was that's what I was missing. And all the time is good all the time. If you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you. We hope that, we want you to feel at home. And we hope you can come again. Next week is Easter. Invite somebody. All right, can we do that? Awesome, awesome. I want to go straight up to the Word of God this morning. And I, I want us to read a passage out of Mark chapter 11. If you got your Bible... I also have it on the screen there, Mark chapter 11. So it's Palm Sunday, 2017, thought I'd read a little story in the Bible around that happened around Palm Sunday. But you know, um, uh, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, well, let me let me read the passage uh, first, and then we'll we'll go on. Um, as we celebrate here, though, in um, in America, isn't it good to to have good weather, to be in a good place where we can worship freely? And I know this morning, I don't know if you read the news, because um, they are about six hours ahead of us, in Egypt, some Christians went to church for Palm Sunday. And guess what happened? They got attacked by a uh, bomb, and 30-some people were, uh, died. And uh, this kind of, it's very sad. In fact, I, I want us just take, before we go into the word, why don't we stand up and, and pray for our other brothers and sisters around the world, So let's stand up together. Hold our hands. uh, Just join hands with next And believe for others. You know, that that which the enemy has intended for evil, God can turn it around for good. Where the enemy brings death, God can bring life. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that your kingdom reigns from everlasting to everlasting, O oh God, we thank you that your kingdom is not of this world, O oh God, and we thank you that we are a part of it, God. And we realize that this kingdom is global; it's not just here in North America, but it's around the world. And we have many brothers and sisters that continue to stand up for Jesus, even when they face resistance, even when they are in hostile situations. But yet their faith is strong in you, God. Father, we stand with the brothers in Egypt, Lord, that are being attacked by this terrorist group, Lord, that want to silence their voices that are intimidated by what they have, God. Father, we thank you and we know that he who is in them is greater than he that is in the world. We pray today that they will find comfort, oh God, in your, in your promises, that they will find comfort in your peace. And Father, we ask that you continue to expose every wickedness in every area and that which the enemy has intended for evil. Lord, we ask that you will turn it around for good. When the enemy wants to destroy, he comes to steal, kill and to destroy but you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly I pray that even right now as we join our hands right here in Lincoln, Nebraska that we that your spirit will move in Egypt your spirit will move even among the Muslims and there are many Muslim people that know this is outrageous and I pray that you will put doubt in their minds you will put questions in their hearts that they will begin to seek know that there is a better way we know that it's not just a better way it is the only way. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we claim that country for Jesus Christ. We pray for pastors and missionaries and those that are assigned for the gospel. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will reverse the wickedness and let your spirit move. Let revival come to the land of Egypt today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. And we should never, you you may be seated, we should never fail to continue to pray, not just for those in other countries. We need to pray for our country. Because I can tell you this, Christianity got to Egypt before it ever got to the United States. So things can't change. And we want to not see things change here. If there is a praying church, things will not change. But if we let off our foot from the gas of prayer and intercession, you might be surprised what, how quickly things can change. But we refuse it. Amen. Alright, come on. I, 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 I'm looking for more response there. We refuse that. We're not gonna let it happen in our generation. Amen? Alright, Mark chapter 11. A story of Jesus with his disciples. This is the triumphant entry, the story known. I like to read from the Bible. I like to read the story. I know I can paraphrase it, but, but, but I think that I believe in my heart truly that whenever the word of the Lord is open, that there is power in it, when people receive the word of God by faith. And so that's why I like to read the scriptures. We don't want to do our ideas. My ideas mean nothing. I want the word of the Lord to be open. Every time we gather, we want to open the word of the Lord because there is power when the word of the Lord is open. I believe when we read His word, that there is power in His word to heal. There is power in His word to deliver. God can heal you. God can touch you in spite of even what we're talking about because His word is powerful. And I know we close our Bibles too much. We like to open it, okay? So let's read this story, Mark chapter 11. It says, As Jesus and His disciples approached Jerusalem, They came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Going to the village over there, he told them, as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. And let me pause a second here and just add a thought here that's not part of the message. Anytime you give something to the Lord, it comes back to you. The Lord needs it. The Lord needs your talent. The Lord needs your gift. The Lord needs your money. The Lord needs your time. The Lord needs your compassion. The Lord needs your love. Everything you give for the Lord's use will come back to you. And in fact, it will come back to you better than you ever gave it. Can I get an Amen. So the disciples left and found the colt standing in their streets, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Another, can I pause a second again? (laughs) If you do what the Lord says, things will go good for you. Can you imagine what these guys are going to do Nobody knows who they are, and they just come in and untie the cult. The audacity, you know, you could be stoned, you could be beat up, you could be called. It wasn't theirs, but they did what God had said. See, <clears throat> one of the most awesome blessings in life as a believer, if you want to live a life of victory, is really being that person that's obedient to the Lord's word, in spite of what the circumstance do because the Lord knows everything he knows everything so anyway they obviously had favor with God and these guys did not stun them they didn't beat him up and they permitted them to do it not because and that's because they didn't go in their own authority they went in God's authority I remember of a story in the book of Acts that talks about these guys. that kind of were watching the the, the, uh, the the believers. They're watching the apostles uh, Peter and Paul, and they see them praying for people, healing people, casting out demons, and all that. And I thought, "Oh, I see what they are doing. Oh, if you call that name Jesus, that's when things happen." And they try to bribe us. Like, "Can you give us the gift you have?" I was like, "No." And they tried to go in and cast down demons and the the guy that was demonic possessed turned around and beat him up and said, hey, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but we don't know you. Well... Just don't try to do it on your own. Let the Lord direct you. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord instruct you. If the Lord leads you step by step, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will direct you. You will never fail. He doesn't say that you will never get any problems. He never says that you will not get any resistance. But God is sure you can trust in Him in spite of what goes on in our world. Amen? So, uh, they said, okay, so then they brought the colt to Jesus. I'm getting uh, sidetracked here a little bit. And, the, uh, and, and, he, and he threw the garments over it and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road of, uh, ahead of him. And others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So praise God in the highest. Amen. Amen. So that that is the beginning of what we are celebrating today, Palm Sunday, which was the week, exactly a week before this, Jesus will be crucified. You know, exactly a week, uh, that that same week, Jesus will end up being crucified. And the series, both Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the gospel writers, all of them actually accounted uh, you know, there are some stories where some of them cover and some of them don't, but this one, all of them did cover it. And so after this, you, you, you'd go on home, have, a, have some fun and, and watch, uh, uh read some, some of it for yourself. There's a series of stuff that goes on that lead up to Jesus being crucified. Okay? Now, he goes into battles, he goes into Debates with all the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They try to trip him up. They look for ways to to bring him down, to pull him. Everything. He has some debates with them. And actually, after this time, he was the most vicious at them. You never see him so blatant when he called them out for their hypocrisy and how they demanded a lot of people and they left, the, lived a different, uh, they lived a, a double standard life. And he, he called them vipers. He called them. He called them names that I cannot even feel strong enough to say right now to you. And and you know, and they just got mad and mad and mad and mad. Uh, After that, he would be uh, he would be betrayed by his good friend. Judas would betray him. uh, Peter would deny him. He denied he even knows him three times. Many many life changes would go on between at this point and when he actually gets crucified. Of course, thank God, thank goodness, there was the third day he rose again. And I'm excited about Easter next Sunday. Amen. Now, here's the thing. All of us go through things in life that are unpredictable. We don't understand. In fact, we don't know what would happen this afternoon. You might have some plans. You might even have dinner in the oven right now. Or reservations at a restaurant. But we have no idea what would happen. Jesus knew what was coming to him. And yet on that day... As he comes to us, Jerusalem, the story we just read, he walks into Jerusalem with style. Riding on a donkey. I don't know why not a horse. Why not a Ferrari or something like that? But he rides on a donkey and he just kind of sails through. No stress in his life. He is just totally cool. And you know, he understood what was ahead of him that week. The pain... The rejection, the sorrow, the betrayal. Talk about a guy that you've uh, mentored, a guy that you poured your life into, a guy that you've looked after going in and said, give me 30 pieces of silver, I'll sell out the guy. They were ready to sell him off for that little amount of money. And wow, he had all that coming to him, but yet he had peace. And he also had some attitude, I think. Because he came in triumphantly. That's what the theologians call it, the triumphant entry. <clears throat> As I talk to you today, I want to talk to you about the subject of being, becoming an overcomer. Jesus knew he had inside of him an overcoming spirit. He had inside of him the hurt to decide that, you know what, I know I'm going to take in a lot. But he was seeing the end. Before the beginning it says in Romans uh, in, uh, that uh, considering the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross, despising the shame. You and I live a life that for sure we 're going to experience things in our lives that are going to be discouraging they 're going to be hurtful we 're going dis- to experience betrayal, maybe you 're going through that part that that kind of um uh, a season right now in your life where it's a difficult season you cannot ha- find your way around it you want an escape and there is no escape near i want to tell you this morning that god wants to put an overcoming spirit in you the same overcoming spirit that was in jesus is also in us so as new believers in the new believers in the new testament We have something the Old Testament folks did not have. We have something the disciples at this point did not have. They did have it later. But they didn't have it at this point. It's having Christ in us. having Being able to draw from that spirit of Jesus Christ inside of us. And it's an overcoming spirit. Because we live in a world that is broken. There are a few things that the Bible says we will have to overcome. We will meddle. We will walk with it. We will be confronted back and forth with these things throughout our whole life, no matter how long you live on earth or how short your life is, life is a fight. And there are many things that would want to bring you down. The first thing we have to work with, the first thing we have to overcome is really is to overcome the world. Overcome the world. The world, by the world, I mean the system of the world, the, the, the whatever that's going on in our culture, in our generation. That system of the world, the Bible says, it's a flawed system. It's a flawed system. It will never work to accomplish anything. Am I undermining that people haven't done great things? There are people that have done great things. But still, I'll tell you this. The system of the world, its values, its philosophies, its principles, they are flawed. And we cannot bank our faith on the system of that and went to look at it head on and realize that that we live in a broken world a world that will never be fixed i'm not saying that we don't do our part i'm just saying that it will never be perfect it was broken long time ago and we get to be part of that broken world now i'm glad as a believer that the story does not end there There is restoration. There is new life that comes in it. But we have to look at it and recognize that the system of this world is broken. And the way we overcome the world, we overcome the world by the word. We overcome the world by the word. Romans 12 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you may prove what is good and perfect and acceptable will of God. He says so, so, so basically you change it by the word. You change the, you overcome the world by changing how you think. And changing my ideas about life, conforming them to uh, trans, being transformed by the word of God. The word of God has something to say about everything in life. Everything that you're facing in your life. Everything that's going on in our culture. You know, there are some humanists that think that if we could just get enough education to everybody, that we can solve all the problems of the world. It will, it's never happened, it will never happen. Through history, there's been great, uh, powers throughout histories. And I I remember when I, you know, I've lived in the U.S. for 15 or some years. uh, And I remember when I moved here and I grew up in a place where people had very little. You know, so relative to what we would look at in the U.S., what we would look at, is like, oh, that's really poor. But yet, and I remember thinking, one of the things was the disparity. I remember thinking, um, um, coming in and seeing the stuff that we throw away. I remember the first time I had to throw a working TV in the driveway I, 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 it's like part of me was like, jeez, is there a better way? Cause no, nobody wants that tube. You can need, give, you can get rid of it for free. You gotta put it in the trash. I remember thinking that. I'm thinking, wow, that would never happen. In Kenya, you could get, you could get your used up stuff that's been beat up and still get money out of it. You could get your car that you used for 10 years and still get money out of it. Because someone else will be like, oh man, I'll take that car. It's nice. You know, well, it at least gets me from there to here. And I'm thinking, wow, well, how can... You know, and you know, so how we could think about how can we solve all the problems of the world. We throw so much food away and people are dying hungry. We do all sorts of things. And, you know, but you cannot... Somehow, some way, the system is broken. Even though we can see the problem so clearly in front of our eyes... We cannot solve them. We have a lot of smart people. We have a lot of smart people in Washington. They want fools when we send them up there and then when they get up there you're thinking, what in the world are we doing here? But they're not, it's not like they're not smart. I we'll say, oh, he's foolish. Oh, no, he's not. He will not be where he is if he's that dumb. Dumb people, I can tell you, don't get up there. What is the problem? We have a flawed system. we got to look at it that way. And that's what Jesus came to do. To save us from this flawed system. And so our answers, our, 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 our values, the way we overcome this system is by... Getting ourselves renewed and begin to think about things the way God will think about things. Begin to look at marriage, not the the standard of the world. Looking at marriage at the standard of the word. Looking at your finances based on what God says. Looking at how you raise kids, how God says. They can come with all these credentials and we say, Oh, well, they are the experts. We need to listen to them. If they are indebted in the world system, my friends, you cannot build on that foundation. The word of God will outlive us. It would outlast every one of us. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will continue to stand. If I want to build my life, I want to build my life on the word, because that's how I overcome every single time the the power and the oppression of the world. I can live in this world. So God doesn't snatch us out of this world, but he wants us to go, he He, He equips us with with the power of his spirit so that we can snatch people out of that thinking. That's why we are here. Otherwise, every time we say yes to Jesus, we would go to heaven right away. You got your ticket? Why hang around here? Let's go glory, hallelujah to heaven. No, he wants us to use what we do have to bring those out there who are still saturated and impounded by the things of this world. They are waiting for a deliverer to come, and the deliverer will not come. Eventually, one will come and will be the Antichrist. We change it by the word changing by the way we think. So First John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we overcome it by his word because the word inspires faith inside of us. And by getting that word inside of us, that word, he says, this is the victory, it says, that has overcome the world. It is our faith. Amen. In the world, there's a lot of doubt. They say, question everything. Well, question everything, but believe God. We respond to him by faith. Faith comes by the word. We walk by faith. Faith comes by the word. Our victory is only through faith in God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. To overcome the world, we must have faith. To have faith, we must be in the Word. And we were told a couple weeks ago, how little, how little we get in the Word these days. Christians are not opening the Bible until they go to church, and they only go to church once a month or twice a month. How can we have faith to overcome a system that is so strong and so resistant if we don't have the Word of God inside of us? Preachers are giving TED Talks and rock concerts. It helps you. I've listened to a lot of TED Talks that have helped me a lot. But they're not supplement to the Word of God. We don't preach out of our own thoughts. We have to be guided by the Scriptures. We have to be guided by what the Word says. We have to guide our lives by what the Word says. Amen? Amen. The second thing we have to overcome is overcoming the flesh. Overcoming the flesh. How do we do that? We overcome the flesh by fleeing, oh geez. that 's got kind of a card I see our pastor soul. yeah, there 's time to be courageous, and there 's time to run. Ooh, we got quiet in here. <laughs> oh, but i 'm going to be strong in my faith. The Bible says we should resist uh, second Timothy, let me read this two two twenty two says Flee also. Youthful last, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Uh, Galatians 5.16 says, "Walk Then walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the last of the flesh. So the last of the flesh and the flesh is something we have to deal with. Because not only when we get saved, our spirit is saved, but we live in a broken body. That's why your body gets sick. That's your body... I tell you, there is not a single person in this world that's strong enough to overcome the flesh on their own. I don't care who you put on a pedestal. And if you do, you will be disappointed. The only way to do it is by fleeing. Running. Getting away from it. Let me me explain what I mean by that. Say you're dealing with alcohol. It's been breaking your life. You're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I want to get this out of my life. Don't go watch that game at the bar. Oh, I'll drink a Diet Coke. Seriously. It says in that case, oh no, no, no. I'm strong, you know. I've been really praying these days. I'm going to pray myself. Flee. You're trying to change your life, still hanging out with the same friends that got you in the problem to begin with. There is a need for relationship. There's a need to belong. But I tell you, you have to stay away. Start making new friends. It might be hard. You might have to overcome a few things. You might have to, you might be challenged to have to change a few things about your life. But begin to change the people you hang around with because soon enough you'll be back at the pit that you first began. You overcome the flesh by fleeing. Been getting yourself in debt all the time. Can't get ahead financially. Don't go to the mall. Turn off the TV, skip all the commercials. <laughs> Infomercial. Oh man, just a scene on TV, this is all, you know. Leave your credit cards at home. Or don't have a credit card. Oh. I'm just going to the dealership because I know someday in the future, I just want to know when I can afford it, what car I'm going to buy. Don't go test drive that car. You'll be paying for 84 months. It will suck you right in. You're not as strong as you think you might be. Don't go try out that outfit. It will quickly remind you of what you don't have. Have you ever gone? I remember going to like Best Buy and I'm thinking, I am perfect. My life is good. I have everything I need. And then you go to Best Buy and look all this. like, Oh, well, boy, that's what I need. <laughs> no, you don't. Just stay away. Go golfing or fishing or something like that. Well, I guess that costs money too. <laughs> but you get the point. You get the point. Sometimes we blame the devil for messing up our lives when it's really we are dealing with the problems of our flesh and the devil says, hey, I got nothing to do with this here. You make two thousand dollars a month. Don't spend twenty-five hundred dollars a month. Flee! Oh, I it in, and God says, "Come on! How many times will I take you out of the same mud over and over again?" It's really simple. One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Stay away from your weakness, He says. Don't try to fight it alone. Sexual immorality. Quit watching those movies. Avoid it. If you're struggling with those things, you flee. You flee. Don't think you're strong enough to pray over it. We've seen strong people, very gifted, very talented, very intelligent people make some stupid mistakes. Because why? They're trying to fight the flesh in ways that would never work. Stay away. Be in the right place. Get yourself to church. Hang around the church people. Hang around those boring people that tell you the truth. <laughs> and the last thing that we have to fight with and we need to overcome is that we need to overcome the devil. We do have an adversary who hates us, who's jealous of us, because we, no matter how bad we get, as long as we're kicking and breathing... When we come to the Lord, he says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to unjust to forgive us our sins. We always have an opportunity to reconcile with God as long as we are alive. His call's already been made. He knows what his verdict is. He knows he's going to be locked up one day and he's jealous of you and me. He feels that we don't deserve it and so he's going to try to make your life hell. He'll attack your health. He'll attack your finances. He'll attack your children. He'll attack you at the job. He'll att- he wants to frustrate you. And we overcome the enemy by fighting. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you got to know what battle you're fighting. Am I fighting the flesh? You 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 flee. Don't even pray. Run away. When you're fighting the world and the system and you're questioning, you're balancing, oh man, is it right? Oh, but, the, but, but isn't Jesus all about love? You're supposed to love everybody and accept everything. Well, you can love everybody and not accept everything. So you overcome that by the word. You overcome the flesh by running. But there are also sometimes that the enemy brings an assault on your life and you, daughter of God, son of God, you need to stand your ground and begin to Fight. And resist the devil. You say, no, you rest with the, you, you've messed with the wrong dude. You've messed with the wrong girl. My God, I shall supply all my needs. I am a child of God. I walk by faith and not by what I see. Begin to declare God's word and Father and says, you're not going to mess with my house. For he has given me authority to trample over snakes and scorpions. And to overcome every power of the enemy. Oh, Yes. Yes, you keep accusing me. Oh, that I've fallen down. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Oh, you keep on falling. You're pretending. He says, no, even a righteous man, though he falls seven times, he shall rise again. You fight. You put a block. He says, resist him. Your resistance will be effective only when you're submitted to God. He says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He wants to take your children away. He says, no, no, no. I know what the promise of the Lord is. That this blessing is for me, for my children, for my children's children, as long as the Lord, my God, will call. It's for me and my family. As for me and my house. will serve the Lord. Begin to remind the Lord of the promises and put your ground and begin to... Even though things may look odd, they may look odd like there is no hope. You stand your ground and fight. And he'll ultimately flee away from you. That's why Jesus walks... To Jerusalem, knowing what is coming in front of him, he knows that that week will be a horrible week for him. He knows that his own friends will betray him. Some will say, then I I never knew you. He knows that he will be beat up for things he never did. That all the sins of the world will come upon his shoulders. That even his own father will look at the sin of the world in front of the son. And God the father will look away. He knows all this is coming because he was there from the beginning. He still is. He understands what's going on. And yet he goes, well, I know all that will go on. But, I'm going to show up in town with style. I'm going to ride that donkey. <laughs> and the peace of God rests upon his life. That's how we can walk with peace. In spite of what is going on around us. In spite of the things that cannot get you. You, want, see, you didn't see them coming. Maybe a health issue, a financial issue. You lost, you went on, thought you had a job secure. You got a, got a whole plan and you find out the company's closing. All sorts of things. We can still walk in peace. We can still walk with joy. We can still walk, even when we don't understand it, uh, victoriously. Because we have Jesus, that same Jesus who died on the cross and gave the victory. He has given us the same spirit, the the same victory. The same spirit that is in him is in us. Because that's what we can declare. Pastor Chris said it this morning. That he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. God, make us overcome us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen our faith, O God. We walk in this world that is imperfect, this system that is broken, God. Where the enemy wants to torment us. And when we also struggle with our own fleshly um, uh, lusts and fleshly uh, weaknesses, O oh God. But Father, we thank you that your work at the cross is a perfect work, Lord. When you declare on that tree that it is finished, we believe that it is finished indeed. Father, I pray that you'll put in us a fighting spirit. You'll put in us your godly wisdom to know when to run away and when to stop, Lord. That you will give in us, O oh God, that desire to be in your word, God, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that we in Christ are more than conquerors. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord? Amen. In a few moments here, we're going to worship. The team's going to lead us in a few. I believe there's some people that need to respond today to the word. Maybe one of these areas has been your problem and over again. You need to put in the cross. So we said in that last verse, it says, when we submit ourselves to God, we can't resist the devil and he will flee from us. You know, one of the ways we do that, is really by giving him our full worship and adoration, allowing uh God's presence to come into our lives. And we do that through worship. And I want to pray today. In fact, I'm going to ask us to just bow our heads as I continue to pray. That God will give you boldness. God will give you wisdom. God will strengthen you to deal with your situation and to overcome your world. If the word spoke to you today, As I continue to pray for different ones, the world spoke to you today, and you're there, you're thinking, I haven't even started yet because I haven't been serving God in my life. I haven't been living for God. I kind of have been doing my own thing. You can't really do all the things I encourage you to do today without taking that one step that is giving your life to Jesus Christ, saying, Lord, I want to start afresh. I want to give my heart to you. I want to, to take that first step of saying, God, maybe give me a second chance or give me a fresh start. That's you. I want you to raise your hand. I have everybody, every head bowed in this place just to, to honor God's presence in this moment because I want to pray for you that you would receive Jesus in your life and begin the first step that you could take and that's having that Jesus inside of you. That's you. Raise your hand. I'm, I'm, I have my eyes open just to say, wave, just wave at me. So I say, yeah, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give Jesus my life today. Pray for me. I want to come. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. You put it down. Anybody else? See, I want a fresh beginning. I want a fresh start with God. I want to start over, maybe. that's you. just wait for me. Thank you. You can thank you. You can put your hand down. I see it. Anybody else? Give me just one moment. The rest of you, just begin to pray. I just feel like <clears throat> we need to dwell here a little bit. It's such a, such an... Um, a sacred moment that the heavens are standing still right now waiting for you to say, hey, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Because the heavens are waiting for you. Jesus died for you. He loves you and he wants you to start that step. The first step of faith is giving your life to Jesus. I'm going to give you just one moment and I'm going to pray. That's you. I'm gonna This is talking to you. Okay. Those that raise their hands. Would you help me, all of us, just pray together with them. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I come to, you today
1: come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I, am. I,
0: thank you I thank you that you died on the cross, died on the cross for my sins. For my sin. I know that I'm a sinner.
1: I know that I'm a sinner.
0: And today I come to you.
1: Today I come to you. And
0: I humbly confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I
1: ask you to forgive me of my sins and put in me,
0: put in me your, Holy your Holy Spirit. I'm committing my life to you today.
1: Committing my life to you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. amen.
0: And amen. Hallelujah. Yes, that's right. That's the appropriate response. You responded to God in that way, even if you didn't wave your hand at me. Tell you what. The Bible says that God. people look at the outside appearance, but God judges the heart. You pray that prayer with sincerity in your heart. The Lord says this right now, There's celebration in heaven, because you made a commitment to Jesus, and God honors that commitment. So uh, we, as a as a church family and a church community, we are here to support you and help you. You know, talk to these pastors after and say, hey, I committed my life to Jesus. Don't stop there. Let us put something in your hand to help you begin start to build on that uh, decision you made today and heavens are celebrating. Can we celebrate with the heavens right now with those that did that? Amen. I want to invite us to worship with a few songs here. These altars are going to be open. We're going to have prayer. If you need prayer, stand with anybody doing this next couple songs. There'll be prayer here, prayer alone, But don't live today without touching heaven on behalf of your life and on behalf of your family. If you need to fight some things down, you fight them today. Don't go out just having it hanging at the back of your head. You have the victory today, amen, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Go ahead.
1: You were always fighting for us, heaven's angels all around. My delight is found in knowing That you wear the victor's crown. You're my help and my defender. You're my savior and my friend. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. At the mention of your greatness. In your name I will bow down. In your presence fear is silent. For you wear the victor's crown Let your glory fill this temple Let your power overflow By your grace I live and breathe To worship you Hallelujah
2: You have overcome
1: You interceding As the lost become the found You can never be defeated For you wear the victor's crown You are Jesus the Messiah You're the hope for all the world By your grace I live and breathe To worship you Hallelujah
2: You have overcome, you have overcome, hallelujah, Jesus, you have overcome the world, every high thing must come down, every stronghold shall be broken, you wear the victor's crown, you overcome, you overcome. Every high thing must come down Every stronghold shall be broken You are the victor's crown You overcome, you overcome Every high thing must come down Yes,